I have a question for you. Do you tell white lies? Does it annoy you when you catch other people telling white lies? I'm breaking down what I believe are some myths and some truths behind white lies and why these little things matter. You're listening to Is It Me or Is It Them? And this is a podcast for women who want to take responsibility for our half of our relationships, but are tired of trying to clean up the mess on other people's side of the yard. This is for those of us who want to be able to set boundaries without feeling like we're bulldozing anyone and who want harmony and closeness, but are tired of sacrificing yourself to get it. This is for you if you want to be able to show up and speak up with more confidence, kindness, and courage in your lives, in your relationships, and in the moments of conflict and connection, whether you're talking with the ones that you love or dealing with the ones that drive you crazy. I'm April Boyd, and I'm a private practice therapist, and today I'm talking about something that is a real pet peeve for me, white lies. Now, for a lot of people, white lies are actually encouraged. I heard someone explaining one time how the advice that they were giving their kid was that if somebody comes over you know, and visits and wants to hang out and play with you that day, it's fine to say, I can't, I have homework, you know, now's not a good time for me. It's fine to share a white lie. And it got me thinking about how prevalent this is and how we really encourage this. And what I believe is actually some significant risks and costs of these white lies behavior that eventually erodes trust, integrity, and blocks deeper connection, as well as creates a whole lot of self-doubt and self-attack. Let me explain a little bit more about what I mean. I think that a white lie basically serves one of two functions. It either protects us from avoiding accountability and judgment from other people, or it's a way of really maintaining a surface level relationship with somebody. Now, there might be times where this is necessary for whatever that reason is, but I think it's scary to look at how often this becomes a built-in habit. One of the things that helps me to kind of just reposition and get out of this habitual kind of pattern of making up excuses, you know, forging kind of the facts in a situation, is that we tend to think that we're being nice when we're telling somebody a white lie. But I don't know about you, I am way more interested in the concept of being kind over the idea of being nice. Because these are two very different experiences. Nice means being agreeable, means making everyone comfortable. Kind is about saying or doing the right thing. I picture it like this. If I'm having a conversation with somebody, actually this happened to me one time, true story. I had about an hour-long conversation with a supervisor of mine And at the end of that meeting, I went into the washroom and I looked in the mirror and I had a huge piece of spinach in my front teeth. Massive. 
I was mortified because he had let me have this entire hour conversation with this eyesore in my mouth. And if he had just said to me, oh, April, you have something right here, that might have been five seconds of an awkward moment as I, you know, got it out of my face. And instead, I left that conversation knowing that he had saw something that was probably quite uncomfortable for him to have to stare at for 60 whole minutes and that we had this uncomfortable thing between us, right? It's uncomfortable to look at something that kind of just could be a quick fix. Nice is not telling someone that they have spinach in their teeth because it's uncomfortable. Kind is sparing somebody the indignity of sitting there with something that should probably be taken care of and removed so that you can just have a spinach-free conversation together. So notice how we tell white lies or lie via omission as a way of being nice, but what we're really doing is kind of just self-protecting. And I was driving with my uh, friend of mine one time, and we were late for our friend's uh, child's birthday party. And she had said, ah, you know what, we'll just tell them that we're late for, you know, that because of traffic. And I'm like, well, we could tell them that we're late because of traffic. But here's what I know you and I have in common. We're both late a lot (laughs) because that's kind of just a little bit how we're wired, right? For me, I'm someone who is always kind of trying to fit too many things into a day and who does not really always have a good grasp of how long something is actually going to take me, right? And I've gotten a bit better at this, but back in the day, you know, for me, just stopping to get gas on the way, I would not factor in that that was actually like a 15-minute process. In my mind, it was just a second. So if we're going to hang out, you know, one of those things that you're going to find out about me eventually is I tend to be late a fair bit. So this idea of making up an excuse to protect ourselves from judgment or misunderstanding, right? Because potentially the misunderstanding that we're trying to protect ourselves from is actually kind of ridiculous when you think about it. That misunderstanding would be that the host assumes that we don't care about her child, right? Or this day is not important to us, which is clearly not the case as we've dedicated a whole Saturday to this and brought gifts, right? Clearly these people mean something to us. So I think there's a real opportunity to look at where do we do these performing, self-protecting habits and white lies in our lives where It's actually okay to just be imperfect and have people know that you're imperfect. If you're going to hang out with me long enough, you're going to realize I'm often kind of late. And it's not because I'm trying to be disrespectful. It's not because it doesn't matter. That's just kind of a weird quirk and time management issue that I have. We're allowed to be imperfect. We're allowed to be flawed. The other kind of thing is, is that We might be telling white lies because we feel like we are trying to protect the other person. Friends of mine were telling me about how whenever they go and visit family of theirs, when they're ready to go home, when it feels like the end of the visit, they always have to make up an excuse. Ah, we should be getting back now because the dogs need to be let out. 
And I kind of laughed a little bit when I when they said that because I'm like, why can't you just say, all right, we've had a really nice visit and thanks so much for everything. We're going to head home now. Why do you have to insert a white lie excuse in that? And they were like, oh, no, you know, with this family member, you, you could never just say that. You would have to have, you know, a good reason for going. And I found that really interesting to actually look at because what does that mean that you're trying to convince the person of in that moment? Oh, if we didn't have these dogs that we had to go and let out, we would love to just move into the basement and sleep on the couch with the cats, despite the fact that we have our own home to go to and we're probably ready to connect with each other now with part of our weekend instead of just connecting with everybody else. Why are our most basic needs risk of social rejection or risks of somehow that's going to feel like it's hurting somebody's feelings? And so I find it just interesting to look at all of these ways that we maybe uphold some dysfunctional patterns of performing and being inauthentic with each other. And while it's possible that you might have some relationships, especially with family, where those relationships are not always optional, there might be some areas where you do have to kind of do that bit of a performance if you know it's not going to go well. But I think that there is such beauty and power and connection and intimacy and freedom in allowing ourselves to show up more of just who we already are instead of having to somehow shapeshift or re-narrate our experiences to protect ourselves and others where maybe it actually would be safe and an invitation to start building a more honest, deeper connection with somebody if you're relieved of this pressure to lie to ourselves and others. Because let's call it what it is. A white lie is still a lie. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather have the information to be able to decide for myself. Either, yes, I'm comfortable with the fact that this person's kind of chronically late because that's just one of their weird quirks. And as their friend, that's something I can handle and I'm willing to tolerate or not. Or, you know, we make some other kind of arrangement where maybe, you know, I, I know that's super important to that person. So I try extra hard to be there because we have that conversation and they let me know. But maybe what would our relationships look like if you were allowed to just be a little more human and to give people that same courtesy, to extend that same permission to them? And I was having a conversation with a woman one time, and she was saying about how whenever somebody asks her to do something, and it's not a good time for her, so let's say that it's been the end of a long week, She's really tired. She's been looking forward to just kind of putting her feet up with her partner and her family at home. And somebody is wanting her to, you know, come out and so be social and do something. This was pre-COVID, of course. And she said how she always makes up an excuse. And I said of why she's absolutely unavailable, right? I would if I could, but I totally can't because of this, this, this. 
And I said, what stops you from just saying, hey, I'd love to catch up another time, but tonight, you know, my husband and I are just going to have a Netflix night at home. And she shared something with me that I thought was really powerful and so super self-aware. She said, because it doesn't really seem like anyone else needs to just take a night off and watch Netflix at home. It looks like everybody else has the stamina and energy and capacity to just do and do and do. And so, as we kind of unpack this a little more, the idea was maybe there's something wrong with me that I can't quite keep up with that. Maybe the fact that I need and I've really been looking forward to a night of just watching Netflix with my partner means that I'm somehow a bit deficient or lacking. And I think a lot of people can really relate to this idea when we've been kind of trained to see our needs as character flaws. And I really believe in the idea of trying to be more directly honest about what I'm doing or what I'm not doing and why, partly because I really value real connection. And so I don't really want to hang out with somebody or be friends with somebody if it's not okay with you that I take a night off to watch Netflix, <laughs> right? If you truly cannot understand or tolerate my need, even if that is a very different need. So let's say as an introvert, I do need more downtime. I do need more time to just be with my partner and not have more social contact than maybe what I've already had this week. And if that's going to wound somebody and they're going to take that really personally, that's going to be a really tricky barrier in our relationship. So I personally would much rather be able to be known. And this is actually kind of a neat thing that we were talking about in the Reset Our Mindset group this past week. Somebody had mentioned the idea of intimacy as really something that they've been craving more of. And that word really resonated for me because what that word intimacy means to me is allowing yourself to be known and allowing someone else to know you and to share who they are with you, to know, to know and to be known, to know and to be known. And isn't that such a powerful and beautiful thing? And when we can give ourselves permission, I believe, to start to bring a little more authenticity and a little more honesty into our relationships, then we give other people permission to do the same. And potentially there's an opportunity in that to move from these performances of perfection, of invulnerability, of constant polish, constant people-pleasing, and to create connections that have just a little more depth, a little more reciprocity, and a little more built-in support and honesty in there. So I'm curious for you just to check in and start to notice, maybe as you move through the next few weeks or next few days or this week, notice where you offer a white lie 
And also notice when you know that someone is telling you a white lie, because oftentimes we feel it, right? We kind of feel, not all the time, depending especially on how in tune or empathetic you are in some ways, how sensitive you are to, you know, that vibe in the room. But a lot of us know when we're being lied to. And when we know that we're being lied to, we now have this weird dynamic in our relationship that sends a message that says, we're not really going to be that good of friends, right? Or it's not really safe to come any closer. This is the distance that I need to keep in place between you and me. You don't really get to know. So start to just pay attention and notice one of the times that you give an automatic white lie without thinking about it. And when are the times that you know someone is probably saying a white lie to you? And see if you can start to just get curious with yourself of, did I really need to give a white lie in this moment? Or was I blocking connection? Could I have been a little bit more open and honest? And see how that lands for you. And if you found this episode useful, I would love it so much if you took a screenshot and shared it on Instagram and tagged me at WithLoveApril because it helps me get this episode out into the ears of other people who might need to think about this today so that they can start to maybe have deeper, closer connections and more intimacy where we can know and be known. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next week. Take care.